And welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE Raw Review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp. And Bobby Lashley has become WWE Champion. He's done it. Bobby Lashley has only gone and done it. It's Miz versus Lashley. Which door did WWE go through? They went through the Bobby Lashley's door. <laughs> the good door. The best door. The door with Bobby Lashley as champion. And the multiple other ways that this could have possibly gone. We've got our, as I click open the wrong things, we've got Bobby Lashley's Dewey Dewey Champion and immediately, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen at Fastlane? Is anyone going to return and set something up? I've seen quite a few interesting scenarios, but we'll go through, I guess no, we'll, I'll blast through the theoretical first and then we'll jump through what actually happened on the show. So in terms of suggestions, it quickly address in terms of well, what does Imp actually think about these suggestions. I've realised my sleeves rolled up like I'm going to hold cigarettes in them. <laughs> but yeah, so the, uh, the first off, Bobby Lashley as WWE Champion creates the immediate thought of, well, surely he's going to face Drew McIntyre. On Monday Night Raw, they bashed out Drew McIntyre facing uh, Sheamus on Monday Night Raw. It's like, that's a bit of a shame. However, if they're then building to WrestleMania, the one thing which I keep having to remind myself, and I don't know, I feel like because Fastlane has had like a four-week break, I don't know how aware <laughs> viewers definitely are because it, it didn't dawn on me till last week. But WrestleMania, they said it on the show, WrestleMania is six weeks away. Fastlane is three weeks away. Once Fastlane is done, you've got three weeks. <laughs> and then it's WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania is really close. <laughs> so you can't be dilly-dallying. You can't be holding stuff back and doing a slow build because there's only six weeks. There is no room to do that in terms of like getting Bobby Lashley over as champion. Got to do that quickly. In terms of getting Drew McIntyre into that number one contender spot, you've got to do it within <laughs> the next couple of weeks, really. So, you've got to fast forward, and yeah, things get left at the side. Unfortunately, that's a shame with Drew McIntyre. There isn't the room to put that on Fastlane. You've now got to wait and kind of build it up the other way. However, I personally really am behind the idea of uh, Bobby Lashley's WWE Champion. I'm really into it. I really like the idea of McIntyre versus Lashley as well. There was another scenario that was put out there, just to ask uh, what what did I think of it, and that was Lashley brought Lesnar and Drew McIntyre in a tri in a big boy triple threat, like brought Lesnar returning, and like gonna do his normal shtick of I will be in this big championship match at WrestleMania. He's doing his normal Lesnar thing. However, then out comes Bobby Lashley as the champion, and suddenly the <laughs> the scenario is not the same, and you got you, you got your big boy match set up, or you do what was kind of teased of. Where it was gonna, in theory going to be Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre, Lesnar. He just replaced Lesnar with Bobby Lashley. That could also work in another big boy triple threat. Basically, there's big boy scenarios out there, and Bobby Lashley as champion suddenly makes me quite excited for what could happen. Because they've got a few kind of dice in play. The obvious one is Drew McIntyre. He's the kind of like sole entity that's been booked well and consistently throughout the year in terms of the babyface side, Bobby Lashley would be the heel side. Makes sense then at WrestleMania, they face each other, with the ultimate big one being Roman Reigns versus McIntyre again. That's like the ultimate big dog one. Ultimate big doggy woof woof <laughs> champion match there. But yeah, they did a really good job on this show, on actually making Lashley champion. It's a mixture of making Lashley champion and painting The Miz as this just desperately holding on to his title kind of character, where you knew the second he got in the ring with Bobby Lashley, he was going to get his ass kicked. So he's doing everything he, can, he could. And the question was, could The Miz wriggle out of it? And they did a job throughout this show of convincing me there was a chance that The Miz was going to wriggle out of it. Again, it's done in that scenario of, are they going to write something silly so he retains? It was in that realm but they set up that possibility of something could happen. So whenever you saw The Miz trying to do something, like there's weight behind it. Because <laughs> I believe they, they they convinced me enough throughout the show and from a guess what they did last week where I was thinking, because my limit was Fastlane. And I was like, they could still pull shenanigans. <laughs> that was my worry. My worry, 
something was going to happen, like Strowman was going to come out, or it wasn't going to be a lumberjack, it'd be a surprise triple threat, or no DQ for something to happen. Like, I was expecting shenanigans. But they did a good job of kind of setting up the reason for the lumberjacks, and we'll get to that. Actually, let's go through how the kind of show started, where uh, Drew hit a pre-game promo for Miz to interrupt, like laying the road ahead for the Scott for WrestleMania, as Miz like once again tried to best to wriggle out of having to defend against Bobby Lashley when MVP came out to once again give the Miz till nine EST to prepare, just like last week, and then then comes nine EST. Bobby Lashley comes out. The Miz comes out. It's time for the WWE Championship, or is it? Actually, <laughs> because the Miz didn't come out. That's a, a completely. Uh, uh, pretty bad misspeak, but the Miz is backstage cramping up, claiming he's not well. Um, bit of a hint that he proves himself here, but it's like, well, what were, why, why did he need a towel? <laughs> yeah, uh, Lashley, like what, watching the watching like the put on show, just charged to the back to grab the man by the throat. Like he wanted more time, he's got it. The Miz got one extra hour till ten EST. Like, talk about lowering the champion even more. Now, does he... Has he got problems with his bum-bum? <laughs> like, what were they trying to sell here? The Miz on the ground um, with, with his cramps after Bobby Lashley grabbed him by the throat. Uh, and then John Morrison shouting, Get this man a towel! Get this man a towel! And, like, Miz kind of moves his hand behind him. And it could have just been holding his back. But the back... Like, the hand behind... And Morrison shouting, get someone in towel whilst he's talking about having cramps. Like, that only means one thing. <laughs> so it's pretty... It's like, was that what they were insinuating? Like, it's WWE. So, yeah. Anyway, 10 EST. It's The Miz versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. This time, commentary putting over. Like, no turning back for The Miz. And I'm watching it like, well, I mean, obviously, he's going to try. And he does. <laughs> like, calling for the microphone, like, for one last desperate attempt to wriggle away. Like MVP, however, like having none of Miz's WrestleMania title match offer. He's like, instead of doing it here, we could do it on the grandest stage of the York Mall. Just picture it. Like, yeah, MVP's plan is like, well, Bobby Lashley's going to be champion and therefore he would be in that match regardless of The Miz. <laughs> so why would I take that offer? Like, uh, But The Miz then immediately hightailing it out of there as soon as the bell rang. Like, counted out, but no title change once again. Like, once again, his cowardice landing him in a much worse situation than he was originally as the uncensored MVP called BS to Shane McMahon afterwards, like, who threatened to strip the Miz of the title. But what did he actually do? And that talk took us to the main event. The Miz seemingly trying to wriggle out and wriggle out no matter what, like, later consequences he's causing himself. <laughs> he's constantly trying to wriggle out of having to defend against Bobby Lashley. This time... There generally is no other way. The Miz has to defend in that ring. But what kind of match was it going to be? Shane McMahon was just saying to The Miz, like, I do not know what kind of match it's definitely going to be yet, but you will have to defend or I will strip you of that championship. So they go down, The Miz and Bobby Lashley in there, and over the course of that final hour, Shane McMahon is threatening stripping The Miz if he doesn't legitimately defend the title. However, again, Shane constantly said he hadn't exactly decided what the match would be. Hmm, Impsense's shenanigans. <laughs> and at this, it was at this point, so quite a few people were via the Miz's actions. For me, it was via Shane's actions on the show, where I was a bit concerned. It's like, I'm sensing not shenanigans, and I'm hoping to God that Shane McMahon does not see this as a way to pay back Strowman. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Lashley Strowman at Fastlane. Like, Strowman's a decent opponent for a pay-per-view like Fastlane, where, yeah, it is a pay-per-view, but it's not, like, the big one. He's a decent opponent to have before you have your big special opponent. As in, give him a good run for the money, but he's not going to win. And I feel like that's why he's, like, a decent opponent kind of stuff. However, yeah, the Lumberjacks... It was Lumberjacks. It wasn't shenanigans. It wasn't Strowman coming down to make it a sudden triple threat. It wasn't any situation in which The Miz could escape. This was The Miz reaping what he sowed. In his cowardice, he made things infinitely worse for himself. Where, like, the bell rang as the tone got set, like, immediately in The Miz failing to lamp Lashley with the title. <laughs> like, genuinely, no escape this time. Commentary said it for the second one. But in this case, there really was no escape. 
Like the whole show building to this beatdown. Like not even the heels respected Miz enough to help him out. Like a little dynamic I really liked. Uh, a little note, included in the Lumberjacks were some questionable ones. <laughs> so the biggest one, I mean a few others where it's a bit like how oh, you can wriggle around it because oh, maybe if they've feuded with the Hurt Business in the past, uh, like everyone hates the Miz so much that that kind of gets put to the side a bit. However, Retribution <laughs> being out there, like the Lumberjacks including Retribution, like that makes the littlest sense. Like the anti-establishment group their entire purpose is being acting out against the WWE's wishes. However, they'll perfectly fine to be lumberjacks to help out with the championship match and keep to keep Miz there. It's like that's an odd one. <laughs> that's the one that stuck out for me. That I would have omitted retribution. Like it, I was fine with like the example of Riddle. I was fine with him being there with the idea of like even though he and Lashley are at bitter ends with each other, the Miz is so universally hated. He will go there and make sure the Miz loses the championship. Like, it's that kind of thing. But Retribution, like, makes no sense. <laughs> Why would they care? Uh, especially as the Hurt Business is apparently the ones that, like, they're the ones who defended Raw against Retribution in the first place. So, even less of a reason to care. But, at the end of the day, it's Retribution. And as the uh, creative has constantly told me, who cares? <laughs> it really doesn't matter. Uh, they're a nothing entity, just remember that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, this time I did like, really like the dynamic that even the heels weren't helping the Miz. Like universally, the lumberjacks were all there to contain the Miz. Like, like we never got it tested of what would have happened to Lashley. Would it have been a heel or face divide? We never got that because it was always the Miz, and Bobby Lashley was always the guy in the ring as the heels. Like all the faces chucked the Miz back in the whole locker room against him, and I don't know if that's a little idea to help. With, kind of with Lashley where there was that way of oh could you do this and he accidentally becomes a bit of a face and with the whole locker room there maybe but with heels there too that maybe helps it a tad that said Bobby Lashley absolutely amazing you've got again you've got six weeks or five weeks after this week <laughs> to get to Wrestlemania and kind of build Bobby Lashley as his destroying heel again uh, the way he destroyed the Miz afterwards was, a, like, again, that's not what a babyface kind of does. Even though he'd done this big heroic victory, it's not the same, obviously. But all the different wrestlers at ringside, for me, emulating the fan response to Lashley becoming champion damn well. Like, a great job in creating an atmosphere for the Mighty Man's win, uh, which, yeah, I, that, for me, that was one of the plus sides of the Lumberjack match. It created a genuine atmosphere for Bobby Lashley's win. And that kind of helped it a lot. It wasn't just the visual of it all with them all there. It's just that there was, there was an actual atmosphere around ringside. And I feel like that really, really helped in terms of making this feel like a big deal when he won. Um, which is great, you know, going into WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, they emulated it pretty well. Uh, as he was choking out the Miz with the Hurt Lock. And you know what? During the show, I was becoming a tad worried that there would be like interference set up or a surprise triple threat or a Strowman thing set up. Again, there is because the whole Shane McMahon thing, the only other character Shane McMahon is currently involved with is Braun Strowman. So it makes sense immediately in my head of like, well, he's interacted with the Lashley Miz stuff and he's interacted with Strowman. Surely they're going to cross over. <laughs> it's WWE. They don't really tell multiple stories. So if they're doing it, they're, at, they're really telling the same story, which makes me think Lashley Strowman at uh, Fastlane. Again, I'm perfectly fine with that. You're going to then build to WrestleMania. So cool. Uh, but yeah, in actuality, they created a reason for the Lumberjacks like to be there. And that created that atmosphere with everyone on the side of Miz losing. Uh, big thumbs up for him. Yeah, like the right result in the perfect destroying manner as well. Uh, now onto Lashes McIntyre, we drive. Ooh, ah. <laughs> Ooh, ah, to Pirate Mania. Ooh, ah. But yeah, they gave the reason. In the Miz, constantly trying to escape. They gave that reason for the Lumberjack match to exist, and that helps create an atmosphere. It all has, like, reason and purpose. So yeah, great stuff. Yeah, great stuff <laughs> from, the, uh, from that uh, little art there. And I do want to... I think this is the same with last week's Raw, where the main event stuff, yeah, I thought it was great. The Sheamus, McIntyre stuff, it moved a lot. Well, they, again, they had a, they had their blow-off match to open this episode of Raw. Uh, I guess I'll get to that. But, again, the middle portion of the show, 
it's just, just not, it's really not very good. Which for me, this is what makes it kind of to give it like an overall grade for the show. Because, yet again, I really enjoyed certain bits. Like, I had a well of time with Drew McIntyre. Sheamus, yes, it's like, well, it's not on pay-per-view, which is a bit questioning, but the match itself was still great. And then there's the thing at the end with Bob. Or throughout the show, I enjoyed the Bobby Lashley Miz kind of building up of them maybe convincing me a little bit that Miz might escape and then no, Bobby Lashley just absolutely destroys him. And it created a nice little atmosphere for me to end the show. And it felt great that Bobby Lashley had won. Now more ready for him to kind of become dominatory <laughs> for Drew McIntyre. But that everything else in between in the middle of the show is yet again just kind of either repetitive or mediocre, not really going anywhere or feeling a little bit meaningless, which again is a, shame, a bit of a shame. Or it didn't really do much to excite me, or it feels evident that they don't really know where something is going, or they're a bit stuck in limbo. Uh, it's like, oh, guys, we're six weeks out from WrestleMania, and uh, I assume I, I wrongly assumed a rap like because of course if they hadn't figured it out before, and there was the reports of a like a bit of a worry back at the Royal Rumbles, like for plans to not be like set in place this late is a bit worrying. And I'm watching the show thinking, are they still not set in place? <laughs> like, do they still not know? It's it's kind of worked, especially for the mid-card. Because it, it feels like the main event matches have got clear direction. And it, again, for me, it just screams that we are heading to Lashley McIntyre in some capacity. Be there a third person, be there something else. Lashley McIntyre in some way is happening at WrestleMania. And they're building to that and they're building to it well each week. Progressively, there's build, the building blocks are all there. That said, the rest of the show is <laughs> seemingly all over the place. Like, maybe the Bad Bunny and Damien Priest stuff just felt a little bit hold over this week because of the Miz stuff. Following that one week meant that, yeah, like he didn't have anything to do. Because again, assumably that's the match at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. So like an overall grade is really difficult. Once again, just like last week, certain bits I absolutely loved. I, I really enjoyed watching Drew McIntyre Sheamus lamp each other. <laughs> and I really enjoyed the Miz and Bobby Lashley stuff uh, all building towards the end of the show. But all the stuff in between... There's no point in watching any of it, <laughs> which is a bit of a bit of a shame, really. Like, unless it starts to like generally go somewhere, um, I, and like for example, I don't believe uh, Jackson Baker are losing on Wednesday. Them them losing would shake everything up in terms of the women's division, and you can use that to get Kai Gazala as like some to shake up the women's division on Raw as well, where they desperately need it. And Ray Ripley arriving as well would just be suddenly there's this huge injection. But currently. I, I'm, yeah, it feels a bit flat. <laughs> so I don't, but I, my belief and my like going into Wednesday, my expected outcome is Jackson Bates to attain dynamic to not really shift about at all, and the dynamic shift will get, I guess, is like Charlotte beating Asuka again at WrestleMania. So we've got a new champion that will actually get storylines and it, it, like, it's a shame. I really want <laughs> Asuka to become. Like, Asuka, I mean, when Asuka becomes champion, it's like, yeah, it's great, they can run with it. Asuka's an amazing wrestler. But then they don't give a feud. And this has been twice in a row now. So for me, it's like, if you don't give the champion anything to do, then, like, yeah, yes, she's a fantastic wrestler. But don't make her champion. <laughs> if you clearly have no plans for them once they are champion, then why are they champion? As much as we love them. And for me, that's what Asuka's become for me. That, um, which is, again, a bit of a shame. For, but for me, that's a prime example of... This show, where loved some of it and others just feels like where you're going with it, um, yeah, so, yeah. I guess YouTube would be my answer there. YouTube, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and I guess the Miss Bobby Lashley main event. You maybe don't need to see all the individual bits if you know how it builds. Yeah, you YouTube those two bits and then skip everything else. <laughs> it's a three like a three hour show is like too long as it is, but for that amount, that like, is constant repeat matches and things where it's just Yeah. <laughs> the middle of Raw outside of the main event is dire <laughs> these these past few weeks. On this road to WrestleMania, I'll word it as that. From like between the Roy Rumble and WrestleMania, the mid card stuff is just nothing. Uh, which it's a shame. Because it could be. There's still that talent there. But it's the quality, like you're seeing it on SmackDown actually. SmackDown isn't massively different, but there is direction. And the characters have, like, they're going somewhere. There's things happening. There's purpose to the segments, at least. Raw's full of filler, filler and limbo. 
It's a bit of a shame. Anyway, I'll take a quick sip of water and then, it, then I'll view the show in order, starting with Jim McIntyre and Seamus. And again, just like last week, because a lot of the mid-card stuff, just not a lot to it. Like, after McIntyre Seamus, I might just end up blasting through the show because I just there's, there are just not many notes to talk about. Hmm. Lovely jubbly. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll see how this goes. My voice might go away a little bit as, uh, yet again... There's still like dust in the air from like uh, about the different rooms being fitted and things and different entities and stuff. So the likelihood is, if that goes again, we'll see how it is. He's knackered. He's been lifting heavy things. Ugh, my court was my court was so tight I couldn't stand up properly. Ugh, is that a sign of me doing lots of work? Is that a sign of me getting pretty unfit during lockdown? <laughs> it's probably a mix of the two. Uh, anyway, Jim McIntyre versus Seamus putting me to shame in the fitness that they're in. And uh, yeah, we went from the constant interruptions of the opener into a great opening match for Monday Night Raw. Only question is like, really? Like they just went ahead and had Drew versus Sheamus on Raw? Like, I mean, it was the exact great big big old brawly brawl (laughs) we were expecting. They gave them time to run. Like just a tad surprising that this didn't hold off like too fast lane. That said, what I was talking about earlier... With Fastlane so close to WrestleMania, as in three weeks out, like it makes sense to change gears on the road like ASAP. Like seriously, with Fastlane that three weeks before Mania, that's the closest pay-per-view to the big one I think I've ever seen. And now we're only three weeks out from that one. Like not even Roadblock, <laughs> end of the line, <laughs> whatever it's called. Not even that was three weeks before WrestleMania. Like, it's so, in, like, incredibly close that a feud like Seamus Drew McIntyre, if it were to happen at that pay-per-view, that is way too close. You can't, you haven't got enough time to shift gears and make me care. So you got to do it now, because now it's five weeks. You've got five more episodes of Raw, which is still, like, that's close. And say you have a pay-per-view three weeks before WrestleMania. Like, what happened there? <laughs> What's going on with that? Uh, yeah. Anyway... Quick notes, uh, an awesome b- b- belly-to-back suplex from Drew in his comeback, launching Sheamus onto the announce desk. That looked brutal. Uh, Kick-out City in the closing moments as the two exchanged signatures. Loved it. By exchange signatures, I meant they did the opposition's one. <laughs> I thought it was a nice little change over there. As in Drew McIntyre with white noises and whatnot. Loved the finish too. With the two lads charging in with their finishes at the same time. Like McIntyre going for the Claymore. And Seamus with the bro kick. And it's like, uh, commentary likened it to a Wild West duel with that split second difference in the draw. And it was McIntyre drew the gun just a little bit quicker. And he ended up with that firing final blow. Uh, McIntyre got the win over Seamus. Over a, again, a great old brawly brawl, which is exactly what he's built up to. Escalating into those like big, big hefty, big boy signature slamming moves. And in the end, it was just a quick draw charge. I thought that was fun. that was a pay-per-view level match for me. If that happened on the pay-per-view, I'd be happy. It's like, oh, it's just, the only shame is it had advert breaks in it. But that, that also proved to me that they gave it time as well. They had, they had it run through the ad breaks. And I maybe that gave them a bit of time to recover, given the Thunderdome era doesn't make much sense to get them to wrestle during it. I don't know what they do, actually. I mean, there was video coming out of um, I remember earlier in the Thunderdome era I was like why oh why during the ad break do they just stand there it's like well they're not wrestling for anything <laughs> then like yeah it's a, it's a really odd one because they're not doing picture in picture there isn't an audience there so why would they continue to wrestle like who are they not, they're not doing it for any audience <laughs> that'd be so strange um yeah but yeah well whatever it doesn't matter <laughs> I, I thought as a massive tangent I thought Drew McIntyre Sheamus was a fantastic opener and it's a shame they didn't get that big pay-per-view match um, again Sheamus's whole thing was about like uh, again, he got brushed aside as a pay-per-view opponent for Drew McIntyre as in um, with Bayard and Pierce at, where that elimination chamber was like oh, but yeah Sheamus, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre oh, that's not a big enough match and I felt like Sheamus going out there to prove himself but then the match ends up already losers. So he never gets that opportunity on a pay-per-view to 
prove himself. He, he, there's never that part of the story. I don't know how strong that is, because that might have just been a line to explain why they're doing the chamber and no, no, like, no need to take anything else from it. But, yeah, a bit of a shame that Sheamus didn't get his big pay-for-you match with Drew McIntyre. In spite of the months and months of build for it, that said... Uh, again, Fastlane is just too close. Like it's one of those unfortunate things where you can't run it at Fastlane because Fastlane is too close. McIntyre has to be well into his program with Lashley by that point. Like maybe the only cause for that there is like you run a triple threat match, or for like the Hurt Business versus McIntyre and some people, or and then you've got Lashley versus Strowman maybe. It's it's just yeah with it so close, the feud needs to be already well in gear. And you've only got two weeks till Fastlane, so I'm assuming these next two weeks are that changing gear, because it's such a short window. Uh, yeah, not entirely sure what they're going to do. Anyway, now it's time for the show to go downhill <laughs> for me. So I've got my happy out of the way. Really enjoyed the Miz Bobby Lashley stuff. Really enjoyed the big old brawny British brawny brawl between Seamus and Andrew McIntyre. Now onto the rest of the show. So I've got my 25 minutes of praise out, because this is the point... <laughs> well, get the messages <laughs> of the I'm just constantly crapping on WWE. It's a Tony Khan shill. It's like, just, yeah. I've got the positives out of the way. Scarily enough, in this weird thing, it's not black and white, cut and dry. <laughs> this show had things I genuinely really liked. Now for, unfortunately, a massive string of just negative, because, again, the second week in a row, One Night More for me has had that massive problem where the WWE Championship scene has grabbed my attention and the rest of the show is just time-wasting nonsense. I guess I guess this week it flowed better because I didn't have a fatigue point like last week. Uh, but part of that is probably down to like no match like the uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke tag match from uh, versus uh, Naomi and Lana from last week. Like there was no like match which was like one minute long. There's no, there was no point of it happening. There was nothing like that. But Naomi and Nia Jax came close. <laughs> I'm not gonna like oh it's this is a weird one. Where Naomi and Lana became number one contenders in the triple threat. And since then they had like that one minute squash last week. Like, oh crap, we forgot about them. <laughs> Featured them on the show. And, well, because part of it, they came, became number one contenders. Then Banks and Belair faced them at the pay, faced the champions at the pay-per-view. Next, it's the Dusty Women's, Women's Dusty Cup winners facing them. So Naomi and Lana just plugging it as a future championship match. And it just screams, you don't know when this is. Like, what, when are you... <laughs> it's so weird. And then Nia Jax just beats Naomi pretty soundly. Like, no cheating, no interference, no shenanigans. Nia Jax just beats her. <laughs> and it's, it's the Bobby Lashley-Matt Riddle thing. But it's not, well, I say this is a little bit worse because Naomi's kind of returned and maybe building a bit of momentum, but uh, it's not really happening right now. But Riddle, again, Riddle got his ass dis- destroyed by Bobby Lashley. And then gets yet another championship match in spite of soundly losing two or three times already and then getting destroyed on Monday Night Raw week in, week out. Suddenly he gets a championship match because the story's still going. Here, Naomi just got beat. And yes, he could play that line of, well, as a team, they're better than the sum of their parts. Or greater than the sum of their parts, is the saying. And maybe that's what they're going for here, but really that's not what I got. I got building up Nia Jackson Baszler for some reason. Be it the Dusty Cup match, be it WrestleMania. But again, it was this match in particular that made me think they're not losing the championships. Because why did Nia Jax win so soundly? <laughs> that was like, you can't be, you can't have a win that definite and then you lose on Wednesday. It's like, hmm. Like, still in line for your future WWE tag team match. Like, but there's like, yet another duo in front of Naomi and Lana. So they're once again holding out. And like, with another match, like Naomi had a little, I guess, back, it was a little bit back and forth, I guess, for like 20 seconds or so. <laughs> Eventually, Naomi got caught in a bear hug. Samoan dropped and a great looking like mighty powerbomb chokeslam for the win. It's the one where a uh, few, like a month ago or so, uh, they had Dana Brooke take it. And there was just like, oh God, that looks stiff as hell. <laughs> kind of stuff. Um... This one I got the impression where it's like, oh, that was that felt like like a, a great finish type of thing. Like I didn't, there was no other side reaction. It was like, oh, that was a great uh, like big wrestler finish. Uh, so yeah, good job everybody. Like a one on one, Naomi got wrecked <laughs> by Nia Jax. So either 
setting the scene for a future upset where you build, you make Nia Jax seem this destructive monster, or they just felt like making Nia look strong this week. There are no future plans. Um, yeah, <laughs> or that you get, or they are building Nia Jax Shayna Baszler up for WrestleMania for some capacity. Uh, maybe they're defending against lots of people. Who knows? Maybe Naomi and Lana get that opportunity at WrestleMania. Uh, probably not. <laughs> maybe there's a big like returning stars match, like uh, uh, I don't know, Lita and Stratus or Phoenix or somebody, whether Phoenix tagged with. <laughs> like it's a uh, yeah. My question is, why was Nijak so dominant? Which then for me kind of like, well, she can't be possible. Possibly cannot be losing on Wednesday. And that's the only like, interesting thing for me is not the stuff on Raw. <laughs> it's like, oh, the NXT dynamic. Like, it's the first Dusty Cup. Are they going to lose? Or is the entire point, the opportunity of the main roster stars come to you? They come to the NXT arena to face you because you won this time for And they're the main roster superstars. Um, it's an interesting one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see on Wednesday. That said, why are they building Nijak so strongly? What is it? What is it for? And I'm assuming this again. Maybe I'm making the error here that I'm assuming that because it's so close to WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going somewhere. So yeah. Anyway, after that we got the Miz and his uh, injured bum bum, <laughs> keeping up that uh, ad revenue. I don't know if that's it's still going to be too flirty around the edges, <laughs> flirting with the dangers danger zone of YouTube. Uh, yeah. After that we got Braun Strowman and. Mystery tag partner versus the Hurt Business. Uh, I did not enjoy this segment. However, hey, at least the Hurt Business weren't facing Lucha House Party again. So it's a change of pace. It's a different match. That, that streak's broken. <laughs> One of my moments from last week. Oh, this, oh, this match again. Like At least they didn't do that. It was a new segment. Something different to offer us. Who was Brawny the Strowman's mystery tag partner? Shane and Mac let us know uh, he's been taking a course and learning all about conflict management. And, and it's like, this is a roundabout way to get to the point. <laughs> right then. Uh, so he puts Braun with Adam Pearce for a Raw Tag Team Championship match to help find a resolution to this conflict. Uh, again, there's something weird about Shane McMahon's delivery during this Thunderdome era, because I noticed it last week as well, where especially when paired with Strowman, Strowman, whose delivery, fair to say, is, um, I want to say, shouty staccato. That I make ball, I don't like this, I am going to dum 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 dum. And then Shane McMahon comes out, and he's he's a bit quiet. <laughs> like, I find that a little bit strange. He just, there's something about his delivery where he's, like, there's, because there's nobody there, and he's maybe used to talking over the audience, he's measured, see, maybe, his tone, and... He's just kind of talking like, well, Braun, I've been taking this course and I'm, like, I've, I've, I've been learning all about like conflict management. So, and he's, he's one of those lizard noise people <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, part of doing this is hearing back your weird lizard noises that your lips make. Like, they're just doing all that. I've got a pop shield on, so it won't be too bad. <laughs> but it's just like, my, uh, yeah, but anyway, he just speaks. He just speaks so quietly, and like, like I still understand every single word, which is like, especially when opposite big shouty body pod, <laughs> big shouty body pod, and then Shane McMahon is like, well, this is why I'm, I'm going to be doing this, and <laughs> it's like such a weird di- dynamic, especially having them both in the same segment. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Because their Borgeman is having issues with the management, he's like, "Well, let's put Borgeman in the match with management." Like, yeah, pretty certain that's how the conflict resolution in wrestling course goes. <laughs> pretty sure. Uh, yeah, a match with Big Braun being all big and brawny. It takes it, it taking both champions to take him down. But once one was fended off, like Borgeman was quickly crashing Benjamin down with the power slam, destroying the tag team champions. Shane O'Mac shouting at Braun to tag in Pierce. The large human had the champions beat, but Pierce just got immediately rolled up by the businessman. Conflict not resolved. <laughs> Braun Strowman really angry as Shane McMahon tries to do acting. That's the best way I'll put it. <laughs> the reaction of just, oh, what, what am I, oh, what am I going to do now? Oh, oh, what am I going to do now? 
What do you mean you're not, you're not cut to the next segment? Nick? What are we going to do now? <laughs> he didn't escalate it, though. I, I feel like even I just slipped into overselling it. <laughs> it's like, oh, just, well, surely it would escalate somewhere. Like, no, it just stayed at that same. Oh, what am I going to do now? And just hold. Hold it. Oh. Continue to hold it. We're still not cut. Oh. <laughs> like, it's so strange. Yeah, I didn't. I was not a fan of this segment. Partly because it felt so weird and strange. And again, that's what sang out to me. It's like, well, surely they're building up Strowman for something. And surely it's not Strowman versus Shane McMahon. It, like, it screams that he would get an opportunity at Fastlane. That kind of build. And that maybe that's what you use last week for. But we could actually beat him so soundly. Maybe it is time for him to just start building into the Haggadai <laughs> and stuff. Uh, yeah. It was a weirdly constructed segment. And then... It's for the fact that he immediately came after such the strong, dominant kind of putting over Bobby Lashley. That same stable got destroyed with ease. It's like, oh, it's a weird one. I don't know if he's born before, where, yes, he's destroyed Cruiserweight, which is a bit more understandable, but he's destroyed tag divisions before. Because, <laughs> again, the big singles guys, they're the big stars. So Braun Strowman can obviously absolutely destroy any tag team, no matter how fantastic their teamwork together is. They're mid-carders. They're not main eventers. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Elias with Jackson Viking versus Damon Peace with Bad Bunny. This absolutely screamed trying to find as logical as possible a holdover feud for a 24-7 champion and friend whilst Miz and Morrison continue their WWE Championship shenanigans. Um, I guess the idea they went with was the music man who normally touts his success got getting shown up by Mr. Bunny, who generally is quite successful. And I guess that's the idea they came up with. Well, who on earth do we have Damien Priest face? For me, uh, I guess negatives here, it felt like a holdover. It screamed holdover. It's like, what do we have? Like a little bit of a panic of what do we have Damien Priest do this week? And I guess the other part of, like, was also you're building up Damien Priest as this new arrival. And he's already struggling against Elias. Is it like genuinely struggling? This isn't. A this isn't one of those matches where you can tell, like, this guy's being built up as a massive deal. Like,. It, it kind of just felt like an even match, which quite happens so often within the mid-card of Monday Raw. And mo I assume the reason is because they need time to fill, therefore matches need to be more contested, which also means any wrestler trying to push up the card is going to have a more difficult kind of deal in doing so because they are not winning their matches soundly. They're having a battle in between. And I felt like it was a mistake in terms of Priest. Like, yeah, that's fine with some people. Like, Matt Riddle, I feel like he's a perfect guy for that kind of booking. Where like you show off the hard fight in him, but Damien Priest comes across as a guy who should be winning a bit more soundly, especially right now. And yeah, like Priest too, he gets to climb the WWE mid card a tad, like from the unused Gaza to the at least weekly featured <laughs> Elias. Um, we'll say he's continuing to impress as uh, like his Bad Bunny polices the cheeky behaviour at ringside. Like, hello, 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 what's going on? What have we got here? <laughs> type of stuff. Uh, Elias giving him his biggest test yet. Question is, are you a fan of that idea this early on? Personally, uh, not quite yet. Just continue to build Priest in this massive deal. Yes, he won, but Elias came really close. Like, they, they had Elias be the first to really score some genuine close falls on the lad. Like, eventually... Damien Priest, I keep forgetting his name, I keep calling him Punishment Martinez. <laughs> Eventually Damien Priest fought back and hit, hitting the lights for the win. Got to think of a different way to explain that word, because he's got the word hit in it. <laughs> Continuing that lovely build for their sure-to-be WrestleMania match with Miz and Morrison. Yeah, that is continuing to build Damien Priest, but I felt like this might have been a little bit of a misstep, purely because it means his momentum isn't as zooming and flying because it was a te it was a longer match and it was a lot more contested. Um, yeah, over the course of your WWE run, that's going to happen. But I feel like this is a little bit too early for that to happen. Um, I mean, a lot of his matches haven't been like Gaza as well got things in, but the whole point was whenever Gaza got on top, he was then massively distracted by something, and that's why Gaza's an earlier opponent type of thing. Like his head is not in the game kind of where it needs to be. Randy Orton. Right, <laughs> the people who love the Fiend stuff, love the Fiend stuff. That's why I keep reminding myself as I watch and go, what is this crap? <laughs> so, like, it's not for me, but it is for, really is for some people. Uh, but Randy Orton was in the interviewing, da -da 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 -da, and uh, Kenny Baxter's with him, remember the black goo? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I do remember the black goo. <laughs> uh, Bliss appearing on the telly screen behind him and like Alexa uttering that he should know something and there's a bring him back, bring him back. A hooded figure appears on the screen as we then cut mid-segment to Randy Orton looking at the screen at the like 25 degree wrestler angle. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like... The fact that this is not done in jest. <laughs> During this in a serious segment. And he kind of showing us that Randy Orton's watching the TV. Because that then leads into the next bit. Uh, there's no sense of <laughs> joking in there. Uh, deep voice Orton. On the screen is the man under the hood. It's not Bray. It's Randy himself. With a deep altered voice. With an evil message for himself. Sending... The man himself, Olsen, into another coughing frenzy. And that's how it ends. Because obviously that means we're building to Randy versus Randy at uh, Randy Mania. <laughs> it's not Randy versus Bray. Uh, yeah. It's teasing Randy, uh, Bray Wyatt returning. Again, there's five weeks left and it feels like it's stalling until Bray gets back. These past couple of weeks especially have been very like very minor steps forward and also very weird steps forward, but not, not in a good way. Like both have been that was a bit weird. <laughs> Just moving on. And again, my absolute favourite part about this is WWE commentary in the way it's scripted. One hundred percent is not equipped for the kind of like the supernaturally stuff like this. Again, when you have somebody teleporting in the ring and they're going well, that was a bit strange. And the move, the move, uh, oh, let's talk about Lacey Evans' pregnancy. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's. I find that so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's my favourite part about it because it's, you know, not great. <laughs> Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler. A nice direction, kind of kicking off down a new road now for the, like, now the god-awful Lacey Evans stuff is finally over. Uh, Tried to convince the world, uh, Charlotte, that she was genuinely intent on staying out of the singles title scene for a tad and uh, just kicking ass with Asuka. Uh, Baszler obviously buying none of it. Her and Nia Jax come out like, ye, ye old teeth kicker. <laughs> Nia talking trash ahead of sending feathers flying because Jesus Christ, that flare rope has so many feathers. Uh, it's great for selling a beat down because the feathers just go <laughs> just everywhere. A, a decent little telly match this. Um, like, again... Asuka not being there allowed to like have a wee show for Charlotte to change gears. Uh, Jax's interference failed and Flair drew reward on the knee of Baszler, of which she had been damaging, chopping the last down to follow up with a natural selection win. Um, again, pretty late into the show, felt kind of nothing, but it it got across its point. Like, it could have even got across this, this point without the match, but it, it has Charlotte Flair being shown to be do, doing something kind of back up her words that as in she is fighting Baszler because Baszler hurt her friend and that is the reason she's fighting Baszler and Charlotte Flair is trying to sell the fact that Asuka is her friend but also it absolutely screams there are no there's this we've got no idea what to do for Wrestlemania everything's fallen through because unfortunately because of the pregnancy and surely it's going to be Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair at Wrestlemania nobody else was getting a story <laughs> for the Raw Women's Championship so now what on earth do we do? There's nothing built here. Charlotte Flair's like, well, I'm Charlotte Flair. Just have me challenge her. That is your build. Go. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's what it's felt like. Just going, well, surely it's Charlotte Flair then. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, 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 why not? Back up. This is, we did not have a backup plan, and I guess it's the best we can do. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Got five weeks, and again, it's going to be Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. They are, they've proven in the past that they are really, really good together. It'll be a fantastic match. It's just, I found it a little bit comical. Because <laughs> so much focus and all of it in the for the Raw Women's Championship was put on Lacey Evans and Charlotte. And now that's fallen through. Because again, Asuka's had no stories or feuds for months. And the only challenges she's had would be Alexa Bliss and Lana. And both aired on Monday Night Raw. Both ended in DQ. Setting DQ within other feuds Asuka was not a part of. And exactly the same here. She was set to lose the championship to Lacey Evans because of a feud she was not part of. It was going to set up Lacey Evans versus Charlotte. Um, and she was just going to be, well, whatever the next thing was for her. That said, now she has a match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania with no build or story behind it. 
but they've got five weeks to add something to it. And this is kind of like where it is now. At least they've got a thing of, does Asuka buy what Charlotte said this week? Because the, for me, the perfect note is no, because the audience don't buy it. And when the audience don't buy it, it kind of makes sense to have a character within the world of reality. However, WWE in the past has fallen at this hurdle quite a lot, where they go with the story they're telling, even though the audience perception kind of, like you can kind of tweak something a little bit to have that character kind of reacting how the audience has. So they can be like our relation. For me, Asuka should be that. For me, Asuka should not be buying anything Charlotte is selling. And because she knows what she's like, knows in the past, know the feud in the past with her and Charlotte at WrestleMania for years ago. You can use that. That's what I do. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> they spend the next five weeks finding that story. Because it is there, and they're going to have a fantastic match. It's just been nice to have had a decent build for it. You can fall back into this. Um, after that was, for me, pure filler. <laughs> Retribution versus Lucha House Party and Riddle. Uh, Raw's resident fun pairing, that's Lucha House Party <laughs> and Riddle, with a match that, on paper, didn't really mean anything. But in reality didn't really mean anything. <laughs> I guess it gave Ali another reason to shout at his men. That's also not going anywhere. Uh, the match ending pretty quickly and setting up Ali to try and set a good example by taking on the US champion himself. And by take on, I mean lose. <laughs> That's right. Retribution got back-to-back -back matches as then after this middle did face Mustafa Ali. And I'm watching like, oh, Ali really is great. But he's given just Absolute crap <laughs> to work with. Uh, little, little. Riddle looking great in back-to-back -back weeks is a positive, though. Um, he got to look like a strong champion here. Uh, getting the better of Ali pretty easily before the retribution distraction caused the surprise win. Uh, Ali crashing down on hard on Riddle as he drove his knees into the man for a great little ending. It was like a, reversing a like suplexy thing off the top and landing like knees first into Riddle. Maybe they'll go for a back break and he just got a little bit too high, or he was meant to kind of flip round into a fun thing. Whatever it was, it looked awesome. <laughs> and it felt match-ending worthy. It's just a bit of a shame. Retribution feel like they go nowhere, and uh, it feels like this win doesn't mean anything. I mean, short term, they can Mustafa Ali can go for the championship, but given how Retribution are booked across the board, I wouldn't be surprised if Riddle comes out next week and just destroys Ali. Because that's how they're built. It'd be, it'd be nice to be proved wrong. <laughs> but I have been kind of conditioned to expect nothing from Retribution. <laughs> As in, oh, they got to win this week. Oh, they'll lose next week. Don't you worry. They they are the epitome of 50-50 booking going nowhere. Or no, they're more 70-30. As in 70 being the losses. Like, yeah, but you go nowhere. And that was my night war. I feel like that kind of... See what I mean where I did I spent like 20 minutes on one thing and then 20 on the rest of the show. <laughs> it's kind of like proves my point. Where the main event stuff I'm really interested in, the setting up, getting Drew McIntyre back into that title picture with Lashley, generally excited for it. I think the match of WrestleMania, really looking forward to the match of WrestleMania, uh, which again, overall good sign. But the middle of the card is throw away nothing. And for a three hour show, that's a bit of a shame. Um, I say three hour, like throw away nothing. Some of it is in limbo, and we're expecting it to kick in gear for WrestleMania, but we're, we've now got five episodes of Raw left before WrestleMania, and it's not kicked in yet. Is it going to? <laughs> is it going to ever? Or are we just going to arrive at WrestleMania? Uh, suddenly it's time. It's like, oh, okay. And they've got loads of matches with like one or two weeks, if that, to them. That, that, would, that would be a shame. That would suck. Uh, yeah, it would be. Anyway, and yeah, I've got, I've not, I'm nowhere near the, one hour. <laughs> it's okay, some point again. Like, normally, I'm like, well, I'll try and aim for an hour. Try and aim for an hour. Like, I'm nowhere near it. Like, yeah, the, the review's done. <laughs> so that was, that's one like more. But the main point, Bobby Lashley as champion. And I think it's, it's great to go to WrestleMania with uh, the audience so behind a champion in that role. And McIntyre as well. And behind both competitors, it's nice to see. Because one of my main complaints has been that there hasn't been a like big championship match between two guys of the generation that hasn't at WrestleMania that was like headline stuff. The closest would be Daniel Bryan Kofi, but that was in the middle of the show. That was for me I'm talking about actual main events. And there hasn't for the men there hasn't been one. Because of course they had Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. I feel like that's a pretty close one. But in terms of the men 
like Roman Reigns, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, and then last year was Brock Lesnar and Goldberg with the separate championships. <laughs> it's been like one or the other at WrestleMania. We haven't had a single, like big singles match of this generation. And personally, because of the damage of the past, this year, how it's kind of fallen, where you've got Roman Reigns versus Edge, which is again, technically yet another one, but at least there's a high level of intrigue to it. But it is still, yeah, that's why I'm a little bit down on it. It's absolutely nothing to do with the quality of the feud. It's just the fact of, are we going to get a <laughs> match of this generation? Like, is there going to be one at all? Uh, um, that said, with the two nights maybe help with that? Because you can have one of the main event and then you can have the, like, you'll get one of your main events. You'll get it. So does that kind of help fix it? Or what I say? Anyway, things looking positive for WrestleMania. Yeah. Anyway, are you as behind Bobby Lashley as I am? Hit me up in the comments and uh, hit me up on Twitter at the damn Implicat. I've been trying to get back onto streaming over on Twitch with the implications. I did do a 2K19 stream earlier today on the hardest playing Fatal Five Way elimination matches on the hardest difficulty in 2K19. So Imp embraces pain <laughs> and hitting that reverse button. Got the reverse a lot and hit you a lot. Just lots of punches, <laughs> endless punches often on the hardest difficulty. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing over on the Twitch channel. And, oh yeah, in terms of like business as well, the New Japan Cup starts this Thursday and I'll be joining our uh, new hire this year in term, uh, for the New Japan coverage of Jeremy Donovan from the Keeping It Strong Star podcast. I'll be joining him in reviewing the New Japan Cup as it unfolds. They'll be doing uh, the same thing we did last year for the New Japan Cup, which is the same we did for the G1 Climax, of your best matches of the week to kind of keep on top of as the tournament progresses. And it starts this Thursday. So, <laughs> in terms of like me hyping Twitch and everything, it's like, yeah, starting this Thursday, but I only forgot, because I live in the UK, I watch NXT and AW, if I can, on a Thursday. Quite often, by the weekend, I've still not watched AW. But now, on top of that, on a Thursday, I've also got the New Japan Cup. <laughs> so, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so, yeah, so you see me back in written form for the New Japan Cup, uh, yeah, collaborating with Jeremy Donovan. Uh, so, keep an eye out for that. Anyway... With that, I say thank you for watching, liking, reviewing, commenting, hit me up on Twitter, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I'll be back on Thursday for the NXT review. I guess the question there is, did the Women's Dusty Cup champions become champions themselves? Or uh, what I'm predicting. <laughs> Jackson Baszler can continue to reign because for some reason Jack's got a destroying match against Naomi. Uh, so yeah, with that... I wish you a merry bobbly lashes and I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.